Hey, everybody, this is Mark Tunney, driver of the 3T Outlaw Figure 8 car, uh, sponsored by Royal Purple, Sheffitz, Auto, Auto, Napa Automotive, uh, Two Little Bees. Um, you're listening to Easy Bees Podcast. Make sure you check us out. It's going to be a bad race. Good morning, all you wrestling and sports fans. This is the E's and B's, the bacon and eggs of wrestling sports podcast. And I'm your host, Eddie B. Friday and welcome on into the E's and B's podcast. Thanks for joining us as the summer as the summer heats up. That's right, a lot of crazy things going on in the sports world last week as well as in wrestling. Let's get right to it on the sunny side up. Coming at you first here on the sunny side up. Right, as the NBA Finals have finally wrapped up just the other night, and you heard it right there, 
Shockingly, I got the games right, but I did not get the right team as the Bucks knock off the Phoenix Suns in six, winning four games straight. And as you heard, in a very, very important game six, Giannis comes out with 50 points, folks. You know, un- unbelievable stuff as, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody out there had the Suns picked on their card to win this thing, maybe in six like I did, or maybe in seven. But Giannis, Milton, Holiday holding it all together, coming down game six right there in Milwaukee. And boy, oh boy, what a celebration it was for them. Filling the streets. So congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks, 2021 NBA champions from us here at the E's and D's. What a performance. It was so entertaining. You know, the Suns were in it every single game. Never really was a blowout between all six games played. So congratulations to them. Now we jump right into the offseason for the NBA. But for most of those guys, they're going to jump right into some more basketball. That's right, because right now on our hills, folks, it's none other than... right that's right the olympics are upon us folks as they're kicking off this weekend so a lot of those players in the basketball transferring over will keep going playing for their respective countries of course the usa or usa coming off a couple shaky losses last week folks if you're keeping up to date with them uh we'll have to wait and see how they turn out there over in the tokyo 2020 olympics as you all know of course canceled last year due to corona uh, there has been some more spike ups and more scares going on as who knows if we can get all the way through this or not what do you guys think out there in ease and bees land make sure you guys like share subscribe follow, follow us at easeandbees.org or follow us over there on twitter at easeandbees or obviously there or follow us at on youtube at easeandbees of course as well uh, what's your guys' thoughts? Uh, what's your favorite thing you're waiting to see this year for the Olympics, folks? Of course, here's a couple of mine. I can't wait to see the golf coming off of another great weekend. We'll talk about that here coming up next. Also, like I just said, basketball. Uh, I do love the baseball. And, of course, wrestling. Uh, some of my favorite things there in the Summer Olympics to see. In the Summer Olympics every time they come around. That's some of my favorites to watch, of course. Can't wait. We'll have to talk all about it coming up next week. We'll let you know who the winners and losers are. Over in Tokyo, folks, that's right, as the Olympics kick off this weekend. Stay tuned for that. Coming up, let's talk a little bit of PGA Open. That's right, huge, huge win last weekend for now. Not only not only his first major, but also knocking off Jordan Spieth and Louis Ostasen, who had a big two-day lead, winning in a 15-under last weekend, folks, at the Open. None other than Colin. Morikova, that's right, wow, great, great showing for him, you know, some people out there right now on Twitterland and on social media will agree with me, probably the best player with an iron in his hand in the game at this moment, um, what a triumph run he had all weekend long out there, uh, like I said, Louis, you know, he had the two-day lead, he looked to be the guy to chase, but kind of choked up on Sunday, Jordan Spieth gave Colin a little scare as he made a run towards the end, but just wasn't or was not enough to attack Colin as Colin, like I said, shooting a 15-under for the weekend there. Congratulations to him, becoming the only third golfer to win a major 
at the age of 24 years old, folks. So congratulations from us here at the E's and B's. You know, some might say, is this the next Tiger? We'll have to wait and see. You know, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves as this is only his first win. Um, he has been playing solid golf, so we'll keep our eyes out. Like I said, these guys moving straight on over into the Tokyo Olympics play. Who's playing? Who's out? We'll keep all keep you all up to date with that next week here on the E's and B's. Let's rev things up and talk some racing. That's right. Last weekend, of course, well, it started out wet and wild there in New Hampshire for NASCAR. As the, the start of the race, you know, it started at normal time, but about five laps in. And, folks, I called this. From the jump, before they even hit the green flag, I felt like I seen rain in some of the camera lenses' views. Uh, also, as well, as we know, now it was all reported from the drivers from the start, but about lap five, going down the front stretch, heading into turn one, well, it got a little too wet for the number 18 machine, as he was your leader, spinning out, backing it into the wall, and his day was done, folks. Well, falling right up behind that was his teammate, the number 19 machine, Martin Truex, as he as well spun, uh, just a little bit less damage as he collected the wall. The only other person to spin was the number 11 machine of Denny Hamlin. He did not hit nothing. He saved it. But, of course, right after that happened, they red flagged the race, pulled him down pit row, and wouldn't you know it, a big monsoon dropped through. Of course, later on, they did get the race in. Unfortunate for Kyle Busch, he, you know, the interview, he bit his tongue. As you know, he definitely uh, was not happy with the situation, feeling they should have never went green in the first place. But... We'll, we'll have to wait and see how that thing shakes out as now they have two weeks off. But the big winner there in New Hampshire was the number 10 machine of Eric Almirola getting his third career victory ever on his first, of course, win of the year. Now, folks, that knocks it down to only three available point spots going into the playoff race. Man, things are going to get hot and heavy in the NASCARs or in the NASCAR. We'll have to wait and see what happens next at Watkins Glen. As like I said, two weeks from now. We'll be checking that out. Always going to be staying with the number four machine, Kevin Harvick, as he still is in the points race, but he does not have that W. My man's going to get one before it's all said and done, believe me. Keeping things in the racing world, how about last Saturday night, the SRX Series season final right there in Nashville. Of course, the home of Daryl and Michael Waltrip. Michael had a little bit of extra pressure on his hands, but the other person that had some extra pressure was the number 94 machine of Chase Elliott making his debut at the last series event, and getting the chance to race against his pops. We talked about this last week, and it was everything as advertised. Uh, his father collecting a heat win, along with Helio Castaneves. But, you know, when they were talking to Chase during the race, out, uh, after the race, you know, in the break session, he was loving every minute of it, loving the chance to get to go door-to-door with his father. You know, they raced each other pretty tight. It was great to see. But the other great story coming out of that, Tony Stewart collecting... The first season championship there in the SRX series. So congratulations to Tony Stewart. But when it was all said and over, in the feature, the number 94 machine of Chase Elliott get, got the win, holding off his father, Tony Stewart, and a couple others running right there at the end. So congratulations to him. I cannot wait to see what goes next with this series. As we know, there's a talk already for season two. Will there be more drivers? Will there be different tracks? You know, we're going to be praying and preaching and hoping for, you know, maybe a showing in Anderson Speedway or some other track that we know very local there or maybe out here in Colorado. So keep your eyes and ears out for that as we'll be talking about that going into the offseason. We'll see what happens next year. As you know, in my opinion, it was a success. Six races, six six uh, filled, stand, filled stands, 
every time they went, uh, definitely, you know, maybe sometimes questionable on the Saturday night display, but for for the most point, I think all in all, everybody enjoyed the racing, the door banging. Um, we got a little bit of everything. Once something got a little out of hand, they, they slowed it up through the caution. Uh, I really loved everything about it. I can't wait to see what happens in season two, so we'll keep our eyes out for that here on the E's and B's. Let's move right on over to the short track world as this Saturday night going down tomorrow night, it will be the 72nd annual National Crown. That's right there at Anderson Speedway in Indiana, my home track. To me, it's not the same, folks. Uh, When you used to say National Crown at Anderson Speedway, your ears perked up because you knew it was the figure eight boys and you knew it was going to be about 20 cars deep and a solid race. Uh, Of course, from the years 2012 through 2014, they did run our favorite now, the Outlaws, uh, with some of our favorites getting wins like Ben and, and some others. But uh, they have switched over since 2019 and changed it over to oval racing for the Thunder Cars. So, yeah, not very exciting as it used to be, in my opinion, as it doesn't have the same res- resemblance as the old school National Crown. But we'll keep our eyes out on this. And we'll give you all the winners and losers coming next week from the 72nd annual National Crown at Anderson, at Anderson Speedway. Keeping things up in the figure eight world, let's talk about last weekend at the Speed Drone. That's right, they were rained out. Finally getting to run some races, getting some fireworks let off. In the 75 lap memorial race, one of the knees and B's veterans back in victory lane. That's right, folks, the marksman, number three, Mark Tony, getting the huge win. Congratulations to our man, Mark, there on a big, big, another victory for him this season. Keeping things rolling as he. You know, seems to be the king of the big races here recently. Can't wait to see what he's got up his sleeve. As we know, the one hour creeping up on us here in just a few weeks there in August. Uh, coming in second last weekend, Mike Riddle. Third was Jesse Tunney. Fourth, Chad Sizemore. And ran out top five was our other man, Ben Tunney. These guys will be back in action this weekend there at the Speedrome for a regular show. Also, stay tuned. Coming up... We'll be at CNS Speedway. That's right. Me and my roll dog, Ty, going to make our appearance as we've been talking about it for two weeks now. Finally, tomorrow is the day. We'll be getting some live footage, maybe some live interviews from all the drivers that we can there at Colorado National Speedway. Also, give you a little bit of footage uh, from the figure eight and pure stock super late models and super stocks that will be in action. But last weekend, folks, down there at CNS, we had the pro trucks in town as Fast time went to the number 43 machine of Cody Vanderwall with a 16.949 in the feature. He got the big win as well as the number 43 machine of Cody Vanderwall with the feature win in the Pro Trucks. Over in the Modifieds, fast time went to number 13, Darian Clark with a 16.890. The feature win, though, went to the number 0 machine of Ron O'Neill in the Legends. Fast time went to the number 22 machine of Chris Eggleson with an 18.356. And in the feature... It was the number 66 machine, a close one. That's right, Kyle Clegg over in the trains. The feature win went to the last call. And in the Bandoleros, the dash went to the number 33 machine of Kellen Kellogg, or excuse me, of Dylan Kellogg. And in the feature, it was the number 23 machine of Javon Bernard. Like I said, folks, we'll be there tomorrow night. Super late models, super stocks, pure stocks, figure eights. Stay tuned. Check out to our YouTube page as I will be posting some stuff as soon as I can get it edited. And make sure you guys pay attention as there will be a possible giveaway going down. So, like I said, that'll be the E's and B's YouTube. Follow us at E's and B's.org. It'll guide you to all 
the social outlets for us here at E's and B's. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, comment, pass the gravy, spread the butter, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell someone about the best breakfast wrestling and sports podcast on your Fridays. Well, like I said in the opening, folks, we had somebody lined up for this week. We never got a response, so we had to pull an audible. I had to go down to the bullpen and coming up next, folks, to close it out, save us. That's right, one half of the Wrestling Sisters. It's J.B. Stay tuned. You're listening to the E's and B's podcast. once again and I will be talking about my fantasy hopes on where some free agents will be showing up in the wrestling world um here in 2021 and 2020 kind of there have been a ton of people getting fired so it's just there's a ton of free agents out there so we're gonna talk about a few of them I have 10 right here on my little list right here and I'm going to tell you who they are where they worked before they were a free agent and where I think they're going to show up and that's really it so let's begin okay so we're going to start off with Daniel Bryan um, this was a shocker to me when I saw this on my list as well. So, um, Daniel Bryan worked for WWE for a very long time. He was one of those people that I thought, yeah, he's never going to get fired. He's either going to quit or he's going to retire. So, yeah. Daniel Bryan, I feel like he would be great in probably would be really great in Impact for a while. And then maybe if he wanted to keep going with his wrestling career, I feel like going to um, AEW would be perfect for him. But if he doesn't want to continue with his wrestling career, he can absolutely just stay in Impact for a while and then maybe go back to WWE for a bit and then become like a Hall of Famer, just like his wife. But yeah, that's where I think Daniel Bryan should go. Um, next up here on my list is Brock Lesnar. Yes, Brock Lesnar. Now, Brock Lesnar. We all know where Brock Lesnar was and where he should still be, but he just never wants to show up. So Brock Lesnar did work for WWE for a decent amount of time, actually. I'm pretty sure he was around during the Attitude Era, if not later. I, I have no memory, so if he was. Very good wrestler. Uh, a lot of people were really big fans of Brock Lesnar. Um, he didn't show up a lot, which made his moments in WWE very, very memorable. So it's like if he wasn't showing up for this week or next week or even a month, he would show up like a month later and it would be really cool. Um, for me, I say 
Brock Lesnar, I think, would be a really good addition to the AEW roster. I know I'm saying AEW a lot as my choice. But if he really does not want to go back to WWE, I really feel that AEW would be a really great fit for him. Just because there's a lot of bigger dudes there that he could wrestle. Um, but another thing, just like Daniel Bryan, he is getting older. If you've seen any recent photos of him, he does look like he's getting closer to his the, the end of his wrestling career. But I don't know. He may still have enough in him for him to wrestle in AEW for uh, at least like a two-year contract or something. I mean, you never know with Brock Lesnar, to be honest. But yeah, him showing up in AEW would, one boost the ratings of AEW a lot, and two, also make, it would also make AEW look, it would just make them better of a company. Not saying that they're a bad company, I'm just saying that it would make them a lot of a, like, it would make them a bigger company. Um, but there is a lot of bigger men in AEW, um, Lance Archer, um, Evil Uno, and Wardlow. Those are some that I can think of off the top of my head. So, alright, next on my list here is probably my favorite, yeah, my favorite free agent on this list, CM Punk. Now, the entire wrestling universe wants to know, where's CM Punk gonna go? Where is he gonna go wrestle? Is he gonna wrestle anymore? Is he done? Like, where is he? Just, like, his WWE career was so memorable to me, so it's like, if he showed back up in WWE, they'd be like, oh, wow, how cool. But I feel like, I don't know if they would use him as much as AEW would, so I think him showing up in AEW would be a lot better than him showing up in WWE. Just because he spent a lot of time in WWE, and it just, it wouldn't feel right for me, but... I mean, if he shows up in, a in WWE, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. But yeah, that's what I think. I, I know as my favorite, I probably should talk about him more than I am. But I just feel, I just feel that CM Punk is one of those people that it's like, if he says he's going to go to this place, it's going to be very... And he's also one of those people that, like, it's sometimes really easy for him to show up in one place. But yeah, that's what I think about CM Punk. Next up is Braun Strowman. The Monster Among Men. Strowman Express. Braun Strowman getting fired was probably the most shocking firing in a while for me. He honestly was one of those, just like Daniel Bryan, he, he was either going to quit or retire. I never thought that they would give him this newer, like, oh, he's like the bad guy character, have him on a few weeks in a row. It, like, a week before he got fired, he was fighting Shane McMahon, the boss's own son. And then they're just like, alright, best of luck on your future endeavors. It's just like... It was really confusing to me because I feel like they don't know 
they don't know what they want anymore, to be honest. But Braun Strowman would be as well like Brock Lesnar. He would also be a really good person to show up in AEW just because of all the bigger dudes that are in AEW. I named off a few earlier. But just because there's all those other bigger dudes would make it a lot easier for him to wrestle because if there wasn't all these bigger dudes, then he would probably be fighting like Kenny Omega or Orange Cassidy. And it'd be really awkward because it's like a really small dude versus Ron Strowman. But yeah, I feel like him showing up in AEW would be a really good fit for him. Next up is Rob Van Dam. So Rob Van Dam was in WWE for a while. ECW, I know he was in for a, a little bit. Um, I don't know where else he was, but I know he showed up in Impact for a while. He was in Impact for a bit. Um, and I believe that him showing up um, in WWE, like we saw him a few weeks or months ago in WrestleMania, which shows that either he could stay there or, I feel, he is really old, so him just saying, like, hey, I'ma cut it quits, I think I've had enough, would be fine with me, because he is really old, and, um, he's getting to the smaller end of the scale, where he probably, just for his own health, I don't know if he would want to wrestle anymore. Okay, next up is Davy Boy Smith Jr. Now, I I know he wrestled in Ring of Honor, but I don't know where he was before that. So, if I'm missing out on anything, please tell us wherever you're watching this. Let us know. Email us. Let me know. I um was I never knew who Davey Boy Smith Jr. was until I was looking through all the people on my list. Um, so he's the British Bulldog's son. Very... Which gives him a wrestling background. It's just like uh, Brian Pillman Jr. He has the wrestling background. So it's like, okay, this guy should be really good. Uh, I bet he's a good wrestler. I've never seen him wrestle before myself, but I bet you, just because his father was a, a very good wrestler, I bet you he 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 must be a really good wrestler. Um, I feel he should show up in WWE because I feel like it could bring on the the legacy of the British Bulldog, like. If he was to bring on the legacy into WWE, I feel like that would be a lot more meaningful than showing up in some, like, in AEW or in um, Impact or Ring of Honor. Just because, like, it would bring on the legacy in the WWE era. Um, era, era I don't know. Okay, next up is the outlandish Zicky Dice. We've had Zicky Dice here before many, many, many times. Um, Zicky Dice is also on Twitch. You can go look for him. But Zicky Dice, we saw him in AEW. On AEW Dark. If you haven't seen, he wrestles Lance Archer. I won't spoil anything else for you. After you, wa after you listen to this, go watch that. It's 
It's a decent match for Zicky Dice. So, Zicky Dice, I don't know, to be honest, where he's wrestled before. But, I feel like if he were to go to AEW, he would have a lot of potential because there's a lot of, like, storylines and things that I can think of just from him going to AEW. Like, I would like to see Zicky Dice versus Cody, Zicky Dice versus Pac, um, Zicky Dice maybe versus Nick Jackson. I don't know. But I feel like him showing up in AEW would be a lot better than showing up in WWE. Because he already wrestled there. So it's like, if you were to wrestle there for a day, and then go and wrestle in like the competitor's company, I feel like that would just be weird. But that's where I think Zicky Dice should go. We're getting, uh, we've got three left. Next is Tessa Blanchard, the only woman on this. Um, to be honest, her showing up in AEW would help a lot because their women's roster is very small. And it's... It's like every week I feel like they have a new champion and then when they get the new champion, they always have a face Nyla Rose. And then she becomes champion. If she doesn't become champion, then like a few weeks later she's going to fighter, whoever the champion is at the time, fighter at, like, fighter fest or something, and then they're gonna lose the title and Nyla Rose will be champion for, like, the five millionth time in a row. So, to be honest, to see her in AEW, maybe on AEW Dark, um, maybe she can join the Pinnacle, because her dad is in the Pinnacle, right? Yes. Tully Blanchard, her dad. Maybe she could join the pentacle. She could be the the lady of the pentacle. I would a actually that I would actually enjoy that. So that's where I would like her to show up. I would like her to show up in AEW. She could be the woman member of the pentacle, and it would be it, like she could be like how Anna J joined the Dark Order. Okay, so next up on my list is Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy was in WWE. Um, he was with, he was in, uh, 205 Live for a while. I don't know if that's still, like, a lot, like, not a lot. If it's still, like, a WWE thing or if it's just canceled or something. Um, he was in 205 Live. He was on NXT for a bit. And then he was on the main roster. He joined forces with Seth Rollins for a while. And... I liked the, the whole thing, and then he got into this really weird storyline with the Mysterios, and it's like where he loved Rey Mysterio's daughter, Aaliyah Mysterio. It was just a really weird storyline. Um, him showing up in AEW would be nice, but just to switch it up, because I'm saying AEW a lot, um... Maybe WWE or Impact, because Impact and AEW are kind of like brother and sister to each other right now. Cause, and I feel like just he could base he would basically be working for AEW if he worked for Impact. Okay, and then the final and last person on my list, the one, 
the only, the master of the Tornado DDT, Fuego Del Sol. I mean, do I have to talk about where I want him to go? AEW, 100%. I just, like, I don't know why. I don't feel like he would work out in WWE. He has already so many friends in AEW. So AEW, 100%. And that may just be me. I mean, there might be one of you out there in Ethan B's land saying, no, he should be in WWE. Please. Tell us. Tell us why he should be in WWE. I would love to know. Okay, well that was the 10 free agents of 2021. Well, the biggest free agents. The people that people are wondering where they're going to go. Um, I thank you all so much, and I thank you so dearly for watching and listening to me. Because um, these segments really mean a lot to me. I'm not on the podcast a lot, so just getting to come on here and talk about these is really meaningful to me, and I hope it means something as well to you. Um, I hope you all really enjoyed my little segment over here where I talked about some of your, maybe your favorite free agent, maybe I talked about one of your favorite wrestlers, maybe, I don't know. Um, And I hope you all have an amazing day. And now I'm going to hand this over to my dad, Eddie B. Thank you guys, and bye! Sisters, that's right. JB with us, giving her fantasy hopes and dreams on the free agents of 2021. Let us know what you guys think out there. Make sure you guys like, share, subscribe, comment, pass the gravy, spread the butter, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell someone about the best breakfast wrestling and sports podcast. Well, let's keep the drop kicks coming and talk some wrestling. That's right, folks. A lot of great stuff, especially this. That's right, folks. He's back. John Cena making his presence known at the end of Money in the Bank. Went going down last Sunday. What a great pay-per-view. Of course, the first pay-per-view back in front of the fans right there in Texas. It was a great, great show uh, from beginning to end. Let's talk right about it here on the Scrambled segment as they started it off with the Usos. Now your new tag team champions getting the big win over the Raven, over the Mysterio family. That's right. That's how things started out last Sunday there at the Money in the Bank. Followed up with Nikki Cross getting the big Money in the Bank ladder match win. That's right. She now had the belt, or excuse me, she now had the 
money in the bank briefcase and could cash in at any time, and she did not wait as, folks, she cashed it in the following night on Raw. That's right. We'll talk about that here in just a second. After that, folks, Charlotte Flair on Sunday night, knocking off Rhea Ripley and becoming the champion. What a great matchup between those two ladies. Back and forth it was. What A lot of false finishes and a lot of great great heel moves in my opinion but we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second after that AJ Styles and Osmo getting a big win over the Viking Raiders Bobby Lashley maintaining his championship as he manhandled Kofi Kingston folks of course we'll have something to say about that here in just a second as well then in the men's money in the bank championship ladder match it was none other than Big E getting the briefcase That's right, Seth Rollins not too happy about that. He did play a factor in the main event, which was next, as Roman Reigns and Edge put on one heck of a display there on Sunday night at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. But coming out on top in the end, it was Roman Reigns, of course, with a lot of extra, extra activity going on on the outside. Seth Rollins coming down with the distraction in the end. Kicking Edge in the head, pretty much setting up the win for his former partner, Roman Reigns. Of course, he stared him down after it was all said and over. And as you heard in the beginning, it broke up with John Cena making his return at Money in the Bank. Coming all the way to the ring, getting in Roman Reigns' face. And that's where it went, went off air. Carried over into Monday night. Here's just a few toppers from Monday, folks. As I spoke, Nikki Cross did have the briefcase. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair rematch on Raw this last Monday night. What a match it was. In the end, it was a DQ. Charlotte holds on to the title, but it wasn't over then. Rhea Ripley uh, continued to attack Charlotte, breaking her down. And wouldn't you know it, Nikki Cross or Nikki Ash or whatever you want to call her, her music hit. She came down, cashed in the briefcase. And I'm here to say our new women's champion there on Raw is none other than Nikki Cross. A big moment for all the small fans out there, I'm sure. We'll have to see which direction they go in this, or which direction they go with this. Not a very big favorite here in the E's and B's household, if you ask me. But who knows what they got up their sleeve, as I really was into the Rhea Ripley-Charlotte Rhea Ripley, Flair feud. Um, just great matches, these last two matches they've had. I'm not sure why they're breaking that up now, but we'll have to wait and find out what happens next Monday on Raw. Also noted, happening on Raw Monday night, John Cena coming in and letting everybody know he'll be on SmackDown because he's going after Roman Reigns. So we can't wait to hear all about that tonight on SmackDown. And finally, the last big news there on Raw this last Monday night was another appearance, folks. He's back again. It's... Goldberg, that's right. He is now after Bobby Lashley entering the ring Monday night at at Raw after Lashley put down Keith Lee, who else made a big return there on on Raw Monday night, got in Bobby Lashley's face and let him know he's next. So it looks like SummerSlam shaping up to be maybe Goldberg versus Lashley, Reigns versus Cena, who knows. Don't forget, we still kind of got on the back burner. Also, The Rock out there. 
Brock Lesnar still not signed, as Julia just spoke about there in the meat segment. So we'll keep our eyes and ears peeled here at the E's and B's and keep you updated on all the WWE news. Let's talk a little bit about what happened on Saturday night last week. How about Slammiversary going down for Impact? Their first pay-per-view in front of fans since the pandemic. And it was a doozy as Havoc and Rosemary getting the win over Fire and Flav and becoming the new Knockouts Women's Tag Team Champions in the Ultimate X competition. The winner and retaining his X Division title was Josh Alexander. Matt Cordona and Chelsea Green get a huge win over Brian Myers and Beal. Of course, you know me. I'm not a huge fan of the mixed gender matches. Kind of cool to see Cordona teaming up with his fiance. But, of course, how many times have we seen Myers versus Matt Cordona over there at the Impact? So, okay match, I guess. Not one to go back and check out, in my opinion. Other winners, Morrisley getting a huge win over Eddie Edwards. Also, Chris Sabian knocking off Moose. Sabian with a heck of a match. Big win for him. Tag team tournament for the tag team belts. No way. Jose. That's right. They call him No Way now. He made a guest appearance with Fa La 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 La. But unfortunate for them, they did not win. And becoming new tag team champions over there at Impact was none other than the Good Brothers as they get their belts back. Now collecting two tag belts from Impact. And then, you know, of course, the Young Bucks got the AEW tag titles and Kenny Omega with both heavyweight titles. So the Elite holding all the gold on Impact and AEW at the moment. Congratulations to them as they continue to get stronger in the Women's Heavyweight Championship match. Of course, we knew there was a mystery opponent. We had our guesses for two weeks, folks. It turned out to be none other than Thunder Rosa. Unfortunately for her, she could not pull the win off. Of course, everybody's speculating Mickey James was who it was going to be. She did make an appearance at Slammiversary. Nikki James, that Mickey James, that is, and still keeping her eye on that Impact title. Who knows? Bound for Glory will be the next pay per view event coming up in October, so we'll have to wait and see if that shapes up to be the next opponent for the women's champion Deanna Peraza. And last but not least, there at Slammiversary last Saturday night, the main event, Kenny Omega maintaining the Impact Championship, getting the huge win over Sammy Calhoun. Of course, great match. Omega changing his style up a little bit, coming down to Sammy Calhoun's kind of style of wrestling. But, of course, always in the end, a lot of shenanigans going on on the outside. All in all, great match. Kenny Omega gets the win, but in his celebration, it was broken up by none other than new Japan champion, Jay White. That's right, Killswitch was there after it was all said and done. Could this be... The next matchup for the Impact Championship, Jay White versus Kenny Omega. Let me know what you guys think out there in E's and B's land. Make sure you guys like, share, subscribe, comment. All right, wrapping things up, breaking things down here. We're getting close to the end. We'll get to the toast here in just a minute. The last thing I got here on the wrestling side, that's right, Wednesday night, AEW Fire Fighter Fest, night two, going down there in Dallas, Texas. And boy, oh boy, pay-per-view worthy Another great show last Wednesday night. They started it off with Chris Jericho and the five labors of Jericho going down as he had to take on, of course, Sean Spears, who was allowed to use a chair, but Jericho was not. In the end, Jericho managed to get the huge win, 
But he didn't get to celebrate long before MJF coming on stage and announcing the next contestant in the five labors of Jericho is going to be none other than the hardcore badass, folks, Nick Gage. That's right, next week at Fight for Fallen, Chris Jericho, of course, now he's announcing the pain maker, will be taking on hardcore legend Nick Gage. Of course, he showed up there in Dallas, coming out on stage to a huge pop, carrying the pizza cutter in the back pocket. So we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that. As we know, going down tomorrow night, Nick Gage has a huge match against Matt Cordona. So definitely we'll be talking a lot about that one next week and also gearing up for what happened between Jericho and Nick Gage. After that, folks, we got Doc Gallows got a big win over Frankie Kazarian with the help from his buddy Carl Anderson, of course. You know, it seems like them guys cannot go anywhere without each other or at least stick their nose in each other's business. That's for sure when it comes to wrestling. Darby Allen, a big win over Wheeler, Utah. Let me tell you, folks, one of the best matches that night as far as techniques. These guys really were uh, putting it on each other. Great, great match. Second match there for Wheeler, Utah. You know, seems to impress me each time he comes out there as uh, he's got the speed. Maybe a little bit little of a guy, but he can keep up with all the big dogs there. Uh, the big night, or the big match of the night, in my opinion, of course, I call it the match of the night, was for the women's AEW championship as Miss DMD herself, Britt Baker, getting a huge win over Nyla Rose. Folks, this was the best Nyla Rose match I've seen to date. This, by far, one of the best AEW women's championship matches I've seen. Uh, very, very long. Of course, Britt Baker going for the win getting her with the lockjaw and continuing to be the women's AEW champion. So congratulations to her. We'll have to wait and see what's up the up next for her as going into fighter or going into fight for fallen and on. Big big night for Bit Baker. Huge ovation. DMD, your big winner there for the AEW women's championship. After that, Andrade made his presence known. As he came to the ring and announced he had a surprise for everyone. And his surprise being none other than, that's right folks, you know him very well, Chavo Guerrero. He will now be Andrade's consultant. And boy, they didn't start, they started off hot as the Death Triangle coming out to confront Andrade. Andrade telling Death Triangle they all work for him now. Uh, this is very, or this is leading into a very heated battle between Death Triangle and Andrade. I can't wait to see what shakes out in the end. We'll, we'll, keep you, we'll keep you posted here on the E's and B's and let you know all the great AEW news. Just the last couple things here before we go into the toast this week, folks. Orange Cassidy got a big win over Blade. And in the main event, folks, no one saw it coming. Lance Archer getting a huge win over John Moxley and is now the IWGP champion. And after it was all said and done in the text in the Texas death match, bloodshed everywhere. John Moxley, to, in my eyes, folks, he was stuck in the barbed wire on the outside. After it was all over, they brought in a new man to challenge for the IWGP, come face to face with Lance Archer, and it was King Haku's son, folks. Stay tuned for this. We'll have a lot more to talk about next week. As of course, like I said, going down their last of the four big. On the road shows for AEW next week in the Carolinas. 
It will be fight for the fall, and we'll give you all the updates here on the E's and B's podcast. Well, folks, that's all I got. We're winding things down. I'm going to drag her in here. The statistician. We're going to rip your city. Give you shout-outs and let you what let you know what's coming up next. You're listening to the E's and B's podcast. It's everybody's favorite part of the show. Get out your jams, your jellies, your cinnamon, your sugar, your butter. It's time to spread it. It's the toast. I'd like to welcome in the Barbie to my kin. The Charlotte Flair to my Andrade. The statistician, the person that keeps it all together. Welcome in, Lauren. How's it going? It's Barbie. (laughs) That's what I said. The Barbie to my kin. (laughs) We sure don't look like Barbie and Ked. Coming off of a hot, great week, of course. NBA Finals finishing up. Olympics kicking off. Oh, yeah. Big racing going on this weekend, of course. We're going to be attending tomorrow night. Lots of wrestling. Lots of wrestling. Lots went down. But let's start it off here on the toast like we always do. Let's get to those shout-outs. Shout-out to No Prep fan, my buddy Steve over there. Thank you so much for all the footage. Can't wait to see them going down. That's right. No Prep Kings this weekend. Make sure you guys check him out. No Prep Fam on YouTube for the best footage available. Also, a huge happy belated birthday to the driver of the number 87 machine. That's right. Happy birthday to Matt Smith. Also, a big shout out to the winner last week, the marksman, Mark Tony. Congratulations to him. Also, shout out to Ben, Jesse, and Austin Tony. Shout out to the Winnipeggers. Shout out to Lee Out Loud. Shout out to Wild Ed. Shout out to Ty. Shout out to Neil. Shout out to Joe Rosetta. Shout out to Rocky Mountain Pro. Shout out to Dustin Lilith, Yaden, and all my friends over there. Also, last but not least, a shout out to all my peeps at The Green Solution. Make sure you guys check them out for all your cannabis needs. That's The Green Solution. All right, with all that, that's my shout out this week. Make sure you guys, if you're a race car driver, a wrestler, an athlete, anyone out there wanting to promote themselves, make sure you get a hold of us at podcast at gmail.com or follow us over there at easeandbees.org or on Twitter at easeandbees and we'll get you on here to promote yourself. Like I said, folks, there will be a lot of footage coming coming this weekend. They're on the YouTube channel. We got things going. We'll be dropping a couple videos from Colorado National Speedway tomorrow night. Who knows? Maybe some interviews, definitely some racing footage, and possibly a pit tour. So stay tuned for that. Also, like I said earlier today, folks, don't don't sleep on it. There might be a giveaway as well tied into this weekend from the track. So make sure you guys go check us out on YouTube. It's E's and B's. Also, Lauren, did you know this? Hmm. Six more weeks until our one-year anniversary. We got a very oh. special episode coming for that. A lot, a lot of special things. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Only six more Fridays. That's right. Wow. Yes. Also, we have another unboxing video coming up this weekend, or excuse me, next weekend, so stay tuned for that. All you wrestling fans out there, we'll be giving away some stuff from our box, or excuse me, from our pro wrestling crate that we get each month. Next week, that's right, we'll be doing the video and giving away some of the items on there, so make sure you guys follow us there on YouTube. Uh, With that, Lauren, let's get to this day in sports. July 23rd, 1962. A live sports event is telecast from the United States to Europe for the first time. A small portion 
of the Cubs' 5-3 loss to the Phillies at Wrigley Field is beamed across the Atlantic to millions of viewers <laughs> in 18 countries on the continent. Wow. The public address announcer at Wrigley informs the crowd about the telecast and the 6,699 fans in attendance wave to the camera uh -huh. as it passes over the grandstand. The transmission is made possible by Telestar, the world's first communication satellite. That's cool. This day in sports, 1962. 1962. Uh, happy huh. birthday to Gary Payton, Terry Glenn, Nomar Garcia Parra, Don Dysdell, or excuse me, Don Drysdale, and Pee Wee Reese. Those cool. are your happy birthday. Those are your sports birthdays for this day in sports. Well, with that, let's get to Lauren's notes and numbers and wrap your city. Notes and numbers for today, July 23rd, 2021. It happens to be a full moon out, Woo! so watch out for all the crazies out there. Tomorrow's going to be a shit show in the medical world. It happens to be, also as well as a full moon, gorgeous grandma day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get your gift that's on. Right, that's right. <laughs> it also happens to be... Vanilla Ice Cream Day, which is a little plain to me, but this guy makes it all happen, so. Thanks, Vanilla Ice. That's right, that's right. right. Let's Moving get forward. to those cities. Top 10 cities this week. We did a lot of shaking and baking. A lot of shaking and baking. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for all the loyal listeners. Number 10, Cliche Friends. Cliche Until next week.